nutrition, gut health, mental health, hormones, and so much more. These all play roles in sustainable weight management. So, I scoured the globe with top experts in fitness, health, and weight loss to bring to you this podcast. So take a seat and enjoy the ride. Welcome to another weekend short of the Matter of a Mind experience. I'm your host, master trainer and weight management expert, Narado Zico Powell. This weekend, I'm going to talk about ways to activate human growth hormones, because this can help with muscle growth, strength, and exercise performance. Something else that I haven't talked about a lot, but someone reached out to me to ask questions about it and said, do you have an episode or a short on it? I say, you know what? This will be a good, um, a good episode to launch. So here it is. We're going to talk about HGH. But before I begin, remember to visit the Zika recommendation page for all products and services I recommend for fitness, health, and fat loss. Of course, the link will be in the show notes and in the description of the episode. And with that being said, let's begin. So just a while ago, right, I talked about reasons why we need to improve, increase HGH, right? Because it helps with muscle growth, strength, and exercise performance, which sounds great. We all need these. So I'm just going to talk into talk about how we can do it. The first way is uh, intermittent fasting or fast intermittently, however you want to word it. See, we, there are studies that show that fasting leads to a major increase in HGH levels. There was one study that found that uh, three days into a fast, HGH levels increase up to 300%. After one week of fasting, they increase a massive 1,250%. Other studies have shown similar effects with double or triple HGH levels after just two to three days of fasting. However, I want to be very clear here, continuous fasting is not sustainable in the long term. Uh, more sustainable, and what I recommend mostly, my favorite approach is daily fasting, right? So my favorite approach is a daily eight-hour feeding window with 16-hour um, fasting for men and a 10-hour eating window with a 14 fasting fasting window for women, right? So I would say men 14 to 16 uh, and then women uh, 12 to 14. That's usually on the sweet spot of fasting for men and for women. Now, if you're more metabolically flexible, you kind of push it. But in the beginning, I say 14 to 16 for men and uh, 12 to 14 for women, maybe even starting at 12 for women and 14 for men until, and you can increase as you become more metabolically flexible. But in the beginning, don't just fast for a long time because you can really have uh, cause issues, um, hypoglycemia, you know, headaches, you know, a bunch of things can happen if you lengthen your fast for too long, energy levels drop and so on and so forth. So again, 14 to 16 for men in the beginning and 12 to 14 for women. And women fasting windows are different because of our hormonal profile. I have an episode with Brian Grin, fasting expert. Go back and listen to that episode as he talks about uh, 
Yeah, he talks about that as and other ways of intermittent fasting as well. Another technique is uh, involves eating on 500 to 600 calories uh, two days per week. I'm not a fan of that either. Um, it will keep your insulin levels low for most of the day um, as insulin is released when you eat. However, again, I rather the prior technique um, of um, fasting with, with, with daily fasting with the eating window versus just having 500, 600 calories a day. That's OMAD, which I'm not really as much of a, well, leaning towards TUMAD or OMAD, which I'm not as fan of a, as much of a fan of. However, this, the moral of the story is that research suggests that insulin spikes can disrupt your normal growth hormone production. So that's the whole point behind fasting. If you're fasting and keep your blood sugar steady, you're lowering insulin spikes because insulin spikes can disrupt disrupt your normal normal I should say growth hormone production. This dang accent getting my way sometimes. <laughs> the next thing is our uh, reducing insulin spikes, right? But I just talked about so that's really tip number two. Um, an increase in insulin is associated with lower HGH levels. One study found that healthy people had three to four times higher HGH levels than those with diabetes, as well impaired carb tolerance and insulin function. So let me just kind of say that again. The study found that healthy people had three to four times higher HGH, which is human growth hormone levels, than those with diabetes, as well as um, impaired carb tolerance and insulin function, right? So I want to just kind of explain that if I wasn't clear that basically they're saying that for healthy people who are not insulin resistant or diabetic, they had higher HGH levels up to three to four times more. And then if you're diabetic, you're looking at impaired carb tolerance and impaired insulin function, right? So keeping your insulin levels um, standard and staying away from spikes helps to prevent that. And I have shorts in episodes where I've talked about what happens when the insulin levels are constantly high. I even have a short on how to eat to keep your insulin levels, um, your blood and insulin levels steady. That's from about a month ago. So you go back and listen to that as well. The next thing is uh, do not eat a lot of carbs before bedtime. You know, I know this is a very controversial topic in a way, and I've talked about this. Your body naturally releases significant amounts of HGH, especially at night. Given that most meals cause a rise in insulin levels, which again can be the, uh, like the yang to the yin to the yang when it comes to HGH, some experts really suggest that avoiding food before bedtime so you do not conflict with your HGH levels. A high carb or even high protein meal may spike your insulin and potentially block some of the HGH that's released at night. So I'm a fan, anybody listening to me for a while know I'm a fan of eating some carbs before night to promote, to give your brain adequate glucose so you can sleep well throughout the night. But you want to eat good, healthy, complex carbs that your body can break down well, like blueberries, maybe even some strawberries or mixture of blueberries and strawberries um, are really my favorite. And I stick to berries mostly because they are complex. But again, those are also low in protein. So you're really just giving your body healthy fiber and uh and uh glucose before you go to bed but you don't want to eat some fries or a bunch of sugary stuff and go to sleep it's it's not going to work it's not going to work the same it's not going to work the same the next thing is exercise exercise is one of the most effective ways to significantly raise your hgh i don't think anybody's even surprised by that honestly right 
The increase depends though on the type of exercise, intensity, food intake around the workout and your body's own traits. So that's a controversial thing. I never say controversial, but it's something that I can get into eventually on one on another short is talk about the type of exercise intensity and so on and so forth. But just to give you a summary here, don't really have it in my notes, but I think it's good to really stop and talk about it is eating your, um, your, a good amount of your carbs, especially on a high carb day or reload day prior to an intense exercise. I cycle my carbs. And if I'm on my reload days, I eat the, the bulk of my carbs before an intense workout my body can utilize it well, which from the studies that we've seen increases HGH as well, right? Um, you're eating adequate protein can increase HGH as well, especially if you're strength training. Strength training, and when Nick Thompson talks about the type of activity, strength training promotes HGH more than cardio training or endurance training. However, you do need to do cardio and HGH, I'm sorry, cardio and HGH, cardio and endurance training as well. But if we're talking about for the sake of, uh, of um, increasing, increasing human growth, HGH, human growth hormones, then strength training is more beneficial in that aspect. Again, with a proper food intake, right? can be very beneficial. And of course, genetics, which I can't have an answer to that. People are built differently and that's the way that is. I'm not 250 pounds with a six pack because I'm not built that way, which not many people are, but that's a different story for a different day. Next uh, is uh, optimize your sleep. The majority of HGH is released in pulses when you sleep, right? So these pulses are based on your body's internal clock or circadian rhythm. So the largest pulses occur before midnight with some pulses in early in the morning and poor sleep can then reduce the amount of HGH your body produces because it's not going through the right cycles. And there it is, fam. Those are the tips. Everything will be in the show notes. Um, next week, I'll explain nutrition guidance to boost HGH. So I'll get into that even deeper. But these are the tips for this week. And the show notes are supposed to be zikahealth.com slash uh, boost HGH is what I'm going to go for with this episode. But uh, yeah, enjoy, enjoy your weekend. Thanks for joining the Matter Over Mind experience. If you got good content out of this or any of my shows, save, subscribe, and share it with anyone who needs this information. Remember, always take the scenic route and enjoy the ride.